Good morning, and welcome to Monday Mornings. With Maddie and Morgan. I'm Maddie. And I'm Morgan. Hello, everybody. Hi. It's not a Monday. <laughs> it's not a Monday. It's a Thursday, which means this is coming out on Friday. Yeah. Because <laughs> we're so busy Friday. Humans, we didn't want to give you a bad Halloween episode. Yeah, it's been a busy and... um anxiety week at least for yeah. me we can say that Same. yeah i agree but, but here we are here we sneezing. are should we do announcement stuff first yeah sorry rosie is just sneezing <laughs> really cute, but also i was trying not to laugh <laughs> what's oh. wrong just don't look at me <laughs> okay yeah let's do announcements first First of all, welcome to our Halloween episode. Yay! Hopefully, if you listen to this on Friday, you have exciting plans for Halloween weekend. Yeah. I'm going to be... Have you ever seen Caddyshack? Yes. I believe so. Uh, Tyler's going to be Carl, which is Bill Murray's character, and I'm going to be the gopher. <laughs> I love that. Oh my god, I meant to text you at work the other day. This guy came in and I was like, oh my god, this is Bill Murray. And then he came up closer and it wasn't Bill Murray. But I thought I was going to have one of those like really fun Bill Murray encounters for a second there. Aww, I didn't. What a letdown. Yeah. <laughs> oh a little gosh. sad, but it's okay. Um, what are your Halloween plans? I don't know. I was supposed to go to a show. I was supposed to come see you. But... My life's been pretty up in the air lately. I just uh, got offered a new job, so mostly just <gasps> glad about that. Woo! Um, Anybody take Maddie? Unless you're listening at like medium, then maybe don't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> take a shot of espresso for Maddie. Exactly. Because <laughs> uh, I won't be serving shots of espresso in any longer after about two weeks from now but so this is our long promised Salem witch trials Halloween episode and after this episode we're going to take about a two-week break because uh we're both traveling to various locations and uh we need a bit of a break (laughs) But I know we say that all the time, but we always just have a lot of stuff going on. Yeah, and it's not even anything crazy. It's just, like, we work weird hours, and then, you know, life. You want to do other things sometimes, but um, when we come back, we are going to be switching things up a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, so we're going to be switching to a format of mostly spooky and creepy and true crime types of situations. That seems Uh, to be what people like the most, and that's what we like the most, so. Yes, um, we all know I love a good abduction case. (laughs) Yes, I do. I've only covered two so far, but there will be more. Um, But when we get back, I will be talking about the infamous Mr. James Whitey Bulger. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yay, I'm so excited. Uh, It's going to be an interesting one. It might be a two-parter because it might be long because I'm also going to cover the uh, 
Winter Hill Gang, which I don't know if I can disclose that some of my family may or may not have been a part of. <laughs> Just cut it out if you can. <laughs> no killing was involved. There was nothing, nobody got really harmed. It was just bookkeeping. But, you know, way back in the day, there were things. Um, just some minor embezzlement and shit. <laughs> yeah. Nobody was involved with Whitey Bulger in my family to, like, that extent. But it's always something that is talked about, but also kept a little bit hush-hush because there's still people out there whose families have been affected by Whitey Bulger and his crimes and shitty things that that piece of shit did. So yep. we're going to talk about that. But, yeah, I think that's all the announcements that we have. And we are still going to do some mini-episodes, and in those episodes we'll talk about some other random stuff that we feel like talking about. Because we can. Yeah. <laughs> because but yeah, our main focus is going to be kind of true crime, aliens, cryptids, weird shit yeah. that you guys like to hear about. So we're excited. Hopefully you guys are excited. Yeah. And so over the next two weeks, obviously, we'll be doing a few things that aren't podcast related, but also podcast related things. So if you have any as we say at the end of every episode, if you have any ideas or topics that you want us to cover specifically, feel free to hit us up on social media or email us, which we will plug at the end because I can't think of them off the top of my head. <laughs> and in a couple weeks, I'm going to Alcatraz, so we're definitely going to talk about that when I get back. I'm really oh. excited. And I'm going to New York City, so maybe I'll find some New York City crimes and shit Perfect. to do, which... There's definitely a bazillion, because... Oh, I'm sure. (laughs) (laughs) But here we are with your long-promised Salem Witch Trials Halloween episode. Woo! All right. So to start us off, I am going to quickly just say literally exactly what we said in our spooky road trip Salem episode just so you can have that little bits of information, which we will expand upon. But also, definitely go check that episode out because it was really fun and we had a very good time in Salem with my sister Jackie. Also, shout out to Jackie for information and her brain. Yes, thank you, Jackie, for having your brain. (laughs) It's nice. So, in 1692, the Salem Witch Trials begin. This is the event that Salem is most well-known for. In only three months' time, 19 innocent people, 14 women, and five men were hanged, and one man was pressed to death. It was a time of hysteria when courts believed in the devil, spectral evidence, and teenage girls. The trials ceased when Governor William Phipps disbanded the court after his wife was accused of being a witch herself. A superior court judiciary formed to replace the court of Oyer and Terminer and did not allow spectral evidence. The new court released those awaiting trial and pardoned those awaiting execution. The trials were over. Economic dispute on how to break up the land between Danvers and Salem. The women accused were of wealthy families on the Danvers side and the accusers were poor families on the Salem side. And there was also already a lot of superstition about witches and learning from their enslaved population's beliefs because a lot of them came from 
Caribbean countries or African countries, and obviously they weren't practicing the Protestant beliefs that most of the settlers in Massachusetts Bay Colony were practicing. Right, even their local Native people as well obviously didn't practice Christianity or Puritanism or whatever. Yeah, so... Even though they tried to convert all of them, you know how it went. It, It was a disaster, so... Yeah, and so obviously they thought that these people were practicing witchcraft, and considering witch trials in Europe started in the 1300s and went well into the 1700s, it's safe to say that they took those thoughts and beliefs from Europe on over to the Americas with them. So that was a little bit from our last episode. So starting in January 1962 is when witches were first accused of being witches because of those little teenage girls that, (laughs) you know, started acting a little bit weird and were like, "Mm, this bitch is a witch. Damn youths. Yeah, and so this lasted until May of 19... I wrote 1962. It's 1693. Oh my gosh, through this whole paragraph. This did not happen in the 60s. (laughs) No, so in 1692, in January, is when the accusations started. And then all the trials and absolutely everything ended in 1693. But up until about 2001, there were still people who were, like, according to the state of Massachusetts, or Massachusetts Commonwealth, because I guess we're not a state, um... (laughs) Uh, were considered to have been found guilty of witchcraft. So as late as 2001, some of these records were finally expunged. Okay, I have a question about that. Yeah, I don't know. A lot of them... Honestly, I don't know. Massachusetts does still have a few weird old laws. Um... But I know in, like, 1701, after everything happened with the witch trials in Salem, or technically witch hunts, because a lot of times people weren't, like, fully even accused or actually, like, doing anything weird. It was just, like, they would go around and be like, nah, they're a witch. Um, Mm -hmm. It's really great. But in 1701, they started to overturn, like, the group of, the first, like, group of, I think it was, like, four or seven people who were uh, hanged at once and then they like slowly went through and overturned a bunch of them but there was a few that still hadn't been like their names weren't cleared until 2001 (laughs) just like sometimes it just takes a while to get around to it like there was other things going on but what don't forget kids if it isn't the church it's witchcraft (laughs) (laughs) yup So, as we mentioned, maybe it's puberty, maybe it's witchcraft. It's usually just puberty, but, like, it could be witchcraft. A lot of weird things are going on there. (laughs) So, as we mentioned in our Salem episode, over a period of about three months, 20 innocent people were sentenced and put to death for witchcraft. And on top of that, another five people died while in custody before even hitting trial. So, classic. See, it's been happening forever. (laughs) Yeah. So during these witch hunt times, about 200 people were accused of being witches. 
and about 140 to 150 of them were actually arrested. And there are a few like almost and like fully complete lists online because they did actually keep records back then, obviously. But we don't have the time or really want to read 150 names of people that were just accused. Strongly so I agree. <laughs> yes. Obviously, we will read the names of people who were killed. So Sarah Good, Sarah Osborne, and an enslaved woman named Tatuba were the three original women who were accused by the teams for acting witchy. And they basically said that Tatuba had taught them different witchcraft things and then accused both of the Sarahs of also being witches. So I'm going to read you the names of those who were executed for being witches, and I have a bunch of their ages. And let me tell you, a lot of these people are old. Yeah. I had no idea until we started researching for this episode. I thought they were all, like, young people. Yeah, I figured that they were all, like, young, like, spinster women or something like that. I would also like to mention that the lifespan of people at this time was not very high so some of these ages is like are like impressive oh maybe they're like all these people are too old they have to be witches basically (laughs) i think so (laughs) so bridget bishop was in her 50s sarah good was 39 elizabeth howe was 57 susanna martin was 71 Rebecca Nurse was also 71. Sarah Wilds was 65. Reverend George Burroughs was in his 40s. And Martha Carrier, 33. John Willard, 30. George Jacobs Sr., 72. John Proctor, 61. Alice Parker, no age listed. Mary Parker, 40. Anne Pudator, 70s. Wilmot Red, no age listed. Margaret Scott, 77. Damn, Margaret. I know. Samuel Wardwell, 49. Martha Corey, 72. Mary Eastie, 58. And Giles Corey, 71. Impressive. So, to clarify, by impressive, I meant impressive that a lot of them lived into their 70s, not impressive that they were all murdered. Yeah, no, it's very impressive because I, current day in America, and this is, like, not worldwide, America has a very low life expectancy right now just because of how shitty our healthcare system is. Yeah, (laughs) and COVID. Yeah. So... Why did these witch trials happen? Because people are crazy. Yes. Uh, So there's a few different fields of thought, and basically a lot of it is, like, cohesive. So mass hysteria or female hysteria is one of the big ones. Because, God forbid, a female has anything to say about anything. Yes. (laughs) And so the mass hysteria over just, like, whatever, but also, like, in my opinion, I don't know if this is rooted in any fact, I feel like people definitely got bored. 
Like, oh yeah. You really didn't know what else to do with yourself. Yeah, you can connect it to basically any other moral panic event in world history, like satanic panic. There's like the whole dare drug moral panic thing. You oh, can yeah. Go, I mean, the podcast you're wrong about basically talks about moral panic. And <laughs> it's just insanity. Oh, yeah. It's just like news, like newspapers and news outlets and I was reading I think it was on Twitter there was this guy who's a historian and half of his job is just going through like really old newspapers and finding like crazy articles about like different panics throughout history like not so like satanic panic and all that stuff but like random rumors that were started and shared through like media that absolutely didn't happen like the whole uh razor blades and candy and shit yeah. like that like that never happened it was a like solely a weird news thing right there's one guy that killed his kid with a pixie stick he put arsenic in the pixie stick and killed mm-hmm. his kid that way and that like sparked this huge thing that was like oh, yeah. it snowballed and snowballed and snowballed and oh yeah it got to the point that like hospitals were like offering free x-rays of your children's candy like never blades in there guys (laughs) people love to feed off of that shit yeah so that's definitely a huge way that this could have happened especially when you're living in like a smaller village and stuff and whatever i would have to imagine the puritan life kind of sucked so you need some sort of excitement something to get you filled up you can only read, like, the Bible so many times. I don't know, man. <laughs> That's why they started naming their kids weird things, because they were bored. <laughs> we'll talk more about that later. Oh, yeah. So, obviously, there was also economic disputes um, about dividing Salem up, which is, like, there was already two parts of Salem. So, there was Salem Town, which is present-day Salem. And then there was Salem Village, which is present-day Danvers. And Danvers is just, like, a little bit more inland than Salem currently is. And there is a lot of economic disputes about, like, oh, like, Danvers has more money and Salem has less money. And, like, all these are, maybe it was the other way around, I forget. But there was a lot of just economic dispute. And also, it started that people would literally just blame, like, the rich women in certain families or people that they didn't really agree with or like politically. Classic. Which, I get it. I wish I could say that Donald Trump was a witch and he'd be (laughs) hanged, but it hasn't worked yet. (laughs) Um, Not saying that the death penalty should be a thing because I don't agree with it, but um, moving on. That's a story for another day. Yeah, a whole other conversation. Also, another thing important to note is no witches were burned at the stake in Salem. Yes, that's a huge, that's another, like, fact that never really was a thing. Yeah, and, like, fact that was never really a thing. Yeah, so there's lots of misconceptions about Salem and, like, the witch trials and how they were obviously very terrible because a total of 25 people died, 20 were executed, and five passed away while um, awaiting trial in prison. But 
people around the country and around the world seem to think that it's hundreds of people and they seem to think that they were burned at the stake and like dragged through the streets and all this stuff and it was a terrible terrible time but it was not that crazy and it also only the executions only took place over a period of about three months it was just like that one summer basically so and as Jackie said it's crazy to think about the fact that uh, this whole like tourism part of Salem revolves around three months of shit that happened in the 1600s (laughs) oh yeah and now it's such a huge thing so about the trials on May 27th 1692 Massachusetts Bay Colony Governor William Phipps ordered trials through an official court of Oyer and Terminier in Salem Town. These trials were presided over by William Stoughton and seven judges. The accused had to defend themselves without any help or any ability to face their accusers. That seems fair. Yeah, so this was actually something that moving forward did have a little bit of an impact on the way that the courts in the U.S. are now, because now you have the right to face your accuser if somebody accuses you of something like that. Like, obviously nobody gets accused of witchcraft anymore because that would be fucking weird. Um, (laughs) And also, if you can do witchcraft, I feel like people would be more interested in what you can do for them than taking a trial. Um, Right. Yeah. But that whole facing your accuser thing is something that is now more common, obviously, in courts today. And that can be attributed somewhat to the Salem Witch Trials. And usually people have lawyers representing them or a court-appointed lawyer or whatever. As we know, a lot of narcissistic serial killers like to represent themselves, but it's never recommended. Mm-hmm. And as um, Heather from Sinisterhood says, she's a lawyer, and even if you are a lawyer, you do not represent yourself. Right. And it's just... That's even it. if you're, like, a criminal defense attorney. Like, you call one of your friends. Yeah. Doesn't matter. That's, like, the epitome of narcissists. Like, it doesn't get higher in narcissistic level than that. Oh, yeah. It's fine. I can do it myself. Like, shut up. No, you can't. I have a question. Yes. What does it mean that it is a court of Oyer and Terminer? So Oyer, I guess, means to hear and Terminer um, means to, like, determine, kind of, or, like, gotcha. to decide or, like, to end, I guess. I forget. I I think it's Latin. The words were up there, but they reminded me of words in French, so it just kind of clicked for me. <laughs> Um, is that the same type of court that we currently use, or is that something different? No, we have a judiciary court now, I think. Right. I don't think that those are used anymore. <laughs> they weren't used towards the end of this either. Gotcha. I just didn't know if it was like they had just changed the name, and it really was a judiciary court, or if it was something different, but now I know. Yeah. So, courts allowed spectral evidence which is quote claims by the victims that they had seen and been attacked by specters of the accused whose forms satan had allegedly assumed to work his evil (coughs) satanic panic yes 
again. <laughs> this was until October 3rd when the Harvard president named Increase Mather. <laughs> I bet he has an ego. Oh, yeah. So his name was Increase Mather, and he condemned the use of spectral evidence, stating, quote, It were better that ten suspected witches should escape than that one innocent person should be condemned, end quote. Which, obviously, is still very true today. You don't want innocent people in jail for things they didn't do, and it's better that, like, not better that people who are guilty go free, but like, especially when it comes to like suspected witches, quotes, 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 um, it's better <laughs> that they go free. Quotes. <laughs> yeah, like they're not, they're obviously not even harming anybody. So it's better that 10 suspected witches escape than one innocent person be condemned, especially because they were hanging them. On October 29th, Governor Phipps' wife was accused of witchcraft, and he then halted all proceedings in the court of Oyer and Terminer. They took Mather's statement into consideration and created the Superior Court of Judiciary, which did not allow spectral evidence, which would be the only evidence. (laughs) If you've been following along. (laughs) So... Trials resumed in January and February of 1693, and after that point, only three out of the 60, 56 people indicted were convicted, but by May of 1693, Phipps had pardoned them all and anybody else that was left in custody. In total, 19 individuals were hanged, one man was pressed to death, and five others died while in custody. Nobody was burned at the stake, contrary to popular beliefs, as we mentioned, and that was more of the European form of killing accused witches. I don't know if anybody in the U.S. had been burned at the stake, maybe in Virginia or Connecticut, because I know that there had been witch trials there, but I don't really think so. Right. I would like to point out, now that we mention it, that... Accusing women of witchcraft was not a new thing that started with Salem. No. That has been around for, since, oh god, I don't even know, like, medieval times. (laughs) Yeah. It said somewhere online that in Europe, a lot of these witch hunts started in, like, 1300 or 1330. Yeah. And, I mean... So why these specific events get so much hype in comparison to... Like, literally every other witch trials or versions of that have occurred in the world. I'm not sure, but they might get. it's important to remember. <laughs> yeah, it's very important to remember that these few cases in Salem, sadly, I guess, weren't the worst out of all of them. Like, there were a lot worse things done to people. Right, like, it seems like the Salem trials really weren't indicative of how European trials or any other trials went. Yeah. Like, I know European trials tended to be a lot more violent <laughs> than yeah. where there wasn't necessarily a judiciary process. It was a lot of torture, burning at the stake, that kind of thing, without obviously without 
the woman being able to represent themselves in a yeah. formal court of law. I mean, if you've seen Monty Python and the Holy Grail, <laughs> <laughs> there's that whole scene where they're like, well, is she a witch? Does she weigh more than a duck? Or like, <laughs> there's like all that stuff where they like weigh her and she weighs the same as a duck. And they're like, well, if she floats and like, it's just all these crazy things that they like will strap like weights to you and throw you in the water. And if she floats, then she is a witch. But if not, she wasn't a witch. And either way, she died. Right. So it's just something interesting to think about. Yeah. Next, we're going to talk about a couple of specific victims. All right. So first, we're going to talk about Giles Corey, who was accused of witchcraft with his wife. Martha, Corey, as listed. They were both in their early 70s. He is the most interesting one. Oh, wait. Really quick, before we move on, I forgot one of the fun theories of why the witch trials yes. happened. Um, I just, I don't know why I just remembered this, but one of them is that there is a fungus growing in the hay bales. <laughs> I forgot about this. Oh and my this god. Fungus happens to be <laughs> the psychoactive element or drug in LSD. <laughs> so one of the theories is that people had been ingesting this or coming into contact with this and just getting like really fucked up on essentially LSD before LSD existed. And it's been disproven, but it's a very fun and funny theory to think about, but... It's definitely the most lighthearted theory and the least accurate theory. <laughs> it's also so funny. It's... And I'm never gonna not think about the guy that stopped us at the memorial. And I hate that guy. Started ranting about LSD fungus <laughs> and how, about how everything is fake. <laughs> He was like, that's not true. You would have to, like, heat it and inject it, and they didn't have blah, blah, blah. And I was like, okay, okay. shut the fuck up. <laughs> also literally didn't talk to him. He just started at it. <laughs> yeah, and also for reference, this man was, like, chugging Mountain Dew and, like, spitting chewing tobacco into an old bottle, so. And he was handing out self-made pamphlets about the witch trials. So... Red flag, red flag, red flag. Big dumb idiot. But yes, continue with Giles Corey. Giles Corey. Very fun. And I also have a comment from that man about Giles Corey, which was absolutely inaccurate in every way. Yes, I'm going to have you tell that because I remembered that happening. I couldn't remember exactly what he said. So you're going to have to tell that. Because we all just stood there blankly like, what? (laughs) A little shook. So, Giles Corey (laughs) was accused of witchcraft along with his wife, Martha Corey, who we listed before. They were both in their early 70s. He refused to enter a plea of guilty or not guilty, so he was thereby sentenced to pressing in a last-ditch effort to make him confess. Mm -hmm. There's a French word that goes along with that that I didn't write down because I couldn't pronounce it. (laughs) but (laughs) when he didn't enter a plea it was believed that he was pressed in the field adjacent to what is now the howard street cemetery in salem 
He died three days later as a result of the injuries from his torture, and his grave location is unknown. Giles typically is painted as a martyr, as most of the victims are. And there's, like, all sorts of stories about him yelling to put more weight on him. Yeah. I don't know, we haven't really covered this, but to be pressed was what there was, like, you were on the ground and there was wood or something on top of you, Mm -hmm. and they would pile rocks on top of that until you died, essentially. Yeah, Um, or at least, like, confessed to whatever they wanted you to confess to. Right. In theory, he... The theory was that if they started to press him, he would enter a plea. But there's stories that say that he just kept telling them to add more weight, add more weight, add more weight. Who knows how true that is, but that's... He was also in his 70s, and he testified, like, against his wife in the trials, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I'm about to talk about that. (laughs) So... Like we said, Giles was typically painted as a martyr, but he was actually considered a very violent man around town prior to the witch trials. He actually was convicted, or he was accused of beating one of his farmhands to death with a stick in in 1676. And it's said that he paid off the court so that he didn't have to go to jail or anything. What a boob. <laughs> and then in 1692, he actually testified against his wife when she was accused of witchcraft because Martha was accused first. Yeah. And he testified against her. And then when they accused him of witchcraft, he was like, wait, 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 never mind, never mind, never mind. <laughs> so he's a real dick, but he is the most. Um, he has the most interesting story, in my opinion, because it is different than the rest of them. Yeah, he's my favorite. And for a while, I thought he was the only guy. Me too. Turns out. I don't know how I could forget about John Proctor, but. Yeah. I mean, it's something that, like, I went K through 12 school in Massachusetts and it's something that's brought up a little bit but also every fucking town in Massachusetts has their own crazy history from colonial times that's true (laughs) they focus on that so much that we literally do like field trips to like historical houses in our town so (laughs) I almost feel like um, the Salem Witch Trials is a bigger deal for people outside of New England than it is for people in New England, if that Yeah. Like, it's always something that's very interesting, but it's also, like, you get there and you're like, okay, this is, like, pretty touristy, and then you, like, learn a little bit about it in school, and then you're like, okay, it was just, like, religious stuff and economic disputes. <laughs> but it's only, like, barely touched on. That is all I have on Giles, so you're more than welcome to continue with what the crazy guy told us. (laughs) So, while, right after he tells us that they couldn't have been doing this uh, fungus by accident, he goes into telling us that, uh, no, Giles wasn't uh, yelling anything under being pressed, blah, blah, blah. He actually, they pressed so hard that he threw up his tongue. Which, let me tell you, your tongue doesn't come out 
Unless nope. if you cut it out. Yep. You cannot throw it up. The muscle. <laughs> it is firmly attached to the inside of your mouth. <laughs> the whole conversation was a massive shit show. I... Yeah. He spoke, and I watched Jackie's eyes glaze over, and... <laughs> We just kind of had to walk away at that point. Said, fuck politeness and skedaddled out of there. All right, bye. Cool, bye. So I'm gonna... Yeah, I was like, okay, bye, creepy Mountain Dew dumbass. But, like, whatever. I don't know. Man's was weird. So next we're going to talk about Tuchiba, who's known as the star witness, quote. Mm Mm-hmm. It's said that she was an enslaved Native woman or African woman or Caribbean woman. Not sure. Yeah. From what I read, it was the family that she was enslaved to. I don't know the term for that. I don't want to say working for because she wasn't working for them. She was their enslaved person. The family that she was with, she came from, like, a different state or more southern in Massachusetts, at least. But they had picked her up in, like, Barbados. So it's questionable whether she was originally from there or if she had been taken from Africa and then shipped there and then taken to Massachusetts. It's kind of unknown about that part. But that's all I know. (laughs) And she lived and worked in the home of Reverend Samuel Paris, who was the minister of Salem Village. We mentioned him before. Um, As the story goes, a bunch of teenage girls accused Tituba of teaching them witchcraft. Mm -hmm. Which seems like a scapegoat situation. Yeah, it was kind of like they were acting wicked weird, and everybody was like, what's going on? And they were like, uh, Tituba taught us witchcraft? Shut up. Maybe it's puberty, maybe it's witchcraft. We will never know. It was puberty. Um. (laughs) That's gonna have to be our episode title. (laughs) Witchcraft or puberty. Um, I guess when brought into court, she eventually admitted that she was a witch and was teaching them witchcraft and that she had signed her name into the devil's book and she also saw the two other women that had been accused with her both of the Sarahs but she didn't see anybody else's names conveniently And then basically every story I read, it just, like, leaves it there. They, like, don't really say what happened to her afterwards. I feel like every story that has her involved is, like, very all over the place. Yeah. And they kind of just, like, as history does, gloss over what happened to her and then just focus on the white people. Right. And as history does, she obviously was different than these white people, so... Mm -hmm. She, therefore, was painted automatically as weird, strange acting, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. But 
And when you're in that position and there's a bunch of old white men yelling at you that you're a witch, you're probably just going to be like, yeah, fine, fuck it, I'm a witch. Yep, I signed my name right. in the devil's book. <laughs> 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 These other bitches were there, too. <laughs> yep. But anyway, if you want to know more about her, there's stuff out there. It's just kind of vague. <laughs> yeah. Um, I quickly want to touch base on Reverend George Burroughs, mostly because when I saw that there was a reverend who is executed for witchcraft, I was like, the fuck? Like, how do you... He's a holy man. Like, that doesn't even make sense in my mind. Like, I feel like he would automatically get an immediate out by being like, right. I'm a reverend. Right. In theory, you would think he would be the one leading this whole mm-hmm. foray, <laughs> but... So, I guess Reverend George Burroughs was a minister in Casco, Maine um, during the 1670s, but he left after the settlement that he was living at had been um, attacked by Native Americans, apparently. Don't know much about that, but I support them. So, (laughs) he then moved to Salisbury, which is also in the North Shore of Massachusetts, And then he eventually was asked to become new minister in Salem Village. And I guess a lot of the residents disagreed about him being the minister in Salem Village and all this stuff. And I guess he wasn't paid the full salary that he was owed and had to often borrow money from other families to support his own family. And he eventually was just stopped, like, being paid altogether. So he was like, all right, fuck this shit, and up and moved back to Maine. Can't blame him for that one. No, very understandable. Eventually, because he was borrowing money from the Putnam family, they decided to sue him because he hadn't been able to repay his money. And then when he didn't repay them again, they were like, "Mm, man's a witch. So they accused him of witchcraft. Super cute, super nice, really good thing that friends do. Yeah. And he was arrested and brought to trial on August 5th and then executed on August 19th. Super great. Next, we're going to talk about the Crucible. So if you went to high school English class, you probably read the Crucible. I did not. Oh. Oh, no. I know. It's not that great. I wouldn't recommend it. That's what I've heard from, like, a lot of people. (laughs) It's It's like a... It's one of those, like, rite of passage things. So I guess you probably should, but... Yeah. But anyway, The Crucible is a 1953 play by American playwright Arthur Miller. Super famous playwright, obviously. Mm. It is a dramatized and partially fictionalized story of the Salem witch trials that took place in the Massachusetts Bay Colony during 19... (laughs) Not 1962, 1692 to 1693. As we know, which is why The Crucible is relevant. If you haven't read it, that's why I started talking about a play from the film. Oh, yes. (laughs) Miller wrote the play as an allegory for McCarthyism when the United States government persecuted people accused of being communists. Ah. Yeah. 
Miller was in fact questioned by the House of Representatives Committee on Un-American Activities. So basically the communist community <laughs> or uh, committee or anti-communist committee. Um, in 1956 and convicted of contempt of Congress for refusing to identify others present at meetings he had attended. What a homie. Oh, yes. The play was first performed at the Martin Beck Theater on Broadway on January 22nd, 1953, starring E.G. Marshall, Beatrice Strait, and Madeline Sherwood. Oh, yeah. that's me. Yeah, Not obviously. <laughs> It's your past self. <laughs> Miller felt that this production was too stylized and cold, and the reviews for it were largely hostile, mm. <laughs> especially during the communist panic, something oh, that yeah. making fun of communism was probably not taken lightly. Yeah. Although the New York Times did note it as a, quote, powerful play in a driving performance, end quote. Oh. And the production won the 1953 Tony Award for Best Play, so somebody must have liked it. I mean, those theater <laughs> people definitely yeah. would appreciate communism a little bit more than the uh, representatives committee, <laughs> which is understandable. And a year later, a new production succeeded, and the play became a classic, obviously. Mm -hmm. As expected, we've read, I've read it in, I read it in high school because it is also printed in book form. Yeah. But it is read as a play, which makes it, I like, we did a lot of that in high school, and I did not like it, reading plays it. in novel form. It's so annoying. Like, I'm sorry. I cannot understand Shakespeare. I get that it's a classic, but I don't understand. <laughs> right. It's... Anyway. Um, and it is largely regarded still to this day as a central work in the canon of American drama. Oh, I love that. Yeah. So that's probably... I feel like a lot of people were introduced to the Salem Witch Trials via the Crucible, if yeah. you didn't cover it in history class. Um, just because it is, I mean, the play is literally about the trials. So you get dialogue between the key players, and obviously it's dramatized and stylized and mildly yeah. fictionalized, but the names are real. And there's no characters in the play that aren't based on a real person, allegedly, so... To wrap things up for this episode, because this is kind of a dark topic. It's not, I mean, the like whole Salem tourism scene is kind of lighthearted, but obviously the actual events were pretty dark. So, therefore, this episode turned out pretty dark. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but we would. We thought for some Halloween cheer, we would lighten it up a bit at the end for you and talk about Puritan names. So I just found a very funny website that uh, has some interesting ones, too. Yes. If you so. all don't know, the Puritans had 
um, I don't even know. Stylistic liberty in naming their children. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we think some names now are weird. <laughs> you don't even know. Yeah, so uh, we're just going to read off a few. We're definitely reading from different websites, so that's uh, going to be interesting. Yeah, we got a glimpse of it with the intense matters, but it gets a lot more bizarre than that. So Yeah, so I'm really... Sorry, go ahead. I'm on a Slate article called A Boy Named Humiliation, Some Wacky, Cruel, and Bizarre Puritan Names. And I'm on a blog from William and Mary Dyer, and the article is called Puritan Baby Names of the 17th Century. So we can just go back and forth and read a whole bunch until we're bored. <laughs> <laughs> This one is, if Christ had not died for thee, thou had been damned. That's the name? Yeah, with the... Uh, <laughs> Holy shit. Some dashes in between, but I guess he went by Nicholas Barbin. Oh, thank God. Yeah. Um, the first one on my list is abstinence. Mm. I don't know if the Puritans knew how babies were made, because abstinence is not the answer to that mm -hmm. <laughs> how do you have a child and name it abstinence so a lot of times they like named their kids after like virtues that they would hope they would have <laughs> or not have so um this one is has descendants this one is abuse not <laughs> oh i have that one here too yep yep <laughs> Uh, fear God. <laughs> Be faithful. Uh, fly fornication. <laughs> oh, I have that one too. <laughs> uh, oh my God. Dust and ashes. That's us. I'm dust, yep. you're ashes. <laughs> <laughs> dust, dot, er, dash, and dash, ashes. Oh, oh my God. Die well. Whose brother was named Farewell. <laughs> oh, I have one here that looks like a Midwest suburban white family. You know, you know what oh, I mean. Oh, yeah. It's Victory, but it's V Y C T O R Y E. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so nothing's changed, truly. <laughs> uh, sorry for sin. Um, safe on high. Mm. <laughs> Helpless. <laughs> Weekly. <laughs> Forsaken. The Lord is near. <laughs> Silence. <laughs> I like that one. Uh, humiliation. That's a good one. Ooh. Jolly. A personal favorite. Hate evil. <laughs> That's what my parents should have named me. Hate evil Martell. <laughs> Oh my god. 
humiliation. And this man, Humiliation Hind, had two sons, and they both were named Humiliation. Oh, no. That reminds me of George Foreman naming all of his children George Foreman. True. Oh, more fruit. Oh. I wonder what kind of fruit. Oh, geez, Louise. What would your fruit be? Either blueberry or watermelon. True. A lot of these are like, oh, if you want to name your baby a fun Puritan name, like, I don't. I just want to read them. Oh, this one just came out. (laughs) Agony. This one's, this. (laughs) Okay, so this person's first name is Kilson. (laughs) And last name (laughs) is Pimple. (laughs) Uh, Search the scriptures. God reward. Revolt. Uh, graceful. Wrath. Weak not. Ooh, weakly. <laughs> fight the good fight of faith. I love that one. And the last name is White, so it's just like, it's just such a normal last name. <laughs> fight the good fight of faith, White. <laughs> Oh, man. And then this one looks like Meatball, but it says the <laughs> Hetabel. <laughs> meatball. <laughs> and that's all the good ones I can find, but, yes, you know. I hope you enjoyed them, because we did. <laughs> oh, yes. We definitely did. They get better every time I look at them. <laughs> but I think that's all we have for yeah. our extra fun Halloween episode. you all have a safe and fun weekend thank you for bearing with us in our late released episode we just need a little more time this week yeah so thank you for listening and being supportive and as always stay tuned in two mondays yes and most other mondays for new episodes um i don't have the thing up so you know (laughs) you're listening thank you for listening uh we love you and you know you know our socials you know our gmail and we love you (laughs) yes and we hope you're as excited as we are for a little bit of change in direction that being said, we're willing to deviate if there's anything specific you guys want to talk about. So, yeah, definitely keep sending in those suggestions. And we do want to see your baby Halloween pictures. So, and we want to see your pets dressed up in their Halloween costumes. So send those our way. <laughs> we'll share our pets and baby pictures this weekend. Too bad my pets will not let me put anything on them. I don't think I can get them back into their costumes, but I have pictures of them in last year. So. 
When these two were little last year, I had little Halloween collars for them, but I think they would murder me if I tried to put anything on them. Especially because they don't even wear collars anymore. They just, they prefer to be naked, so. Yeah. Start your Monday mornings the right way with Maddie and Morgan. Pew, pew, pew!